Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome people to episode 488 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everybody. And... Ian Loring, hello. And we've got a, we've got a bumper show this week. Um, recording on uh, on Sunday. And Don't just say Sunday. Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. Yes. Uh, and all these movies came out at the cinema on Friday, and we've watched them all. You haven't, Becky. But me and Ian have watched them all. So we've got oh, yeah. The Pope's Exorcist, <laughs> um, Super Mario Brothers the movie, uh, and Air uh, coming up for you, along with uh, what we've been up to uh, and a few other bits. Um, Get all the admin out of the way. Um, so we're a Pod Syndicate podcast. Go listen to the Pod Syndicate shows. You know what they are. Go listen to them. There's adverts and bits throughout the show for them. Um, yeah. Uh, and if you want more of us, uh, we are about to start a new marathon. Um, so are we, are we saying what that is? Yeah, yeah, I think we should. So fuck it. Um, we're going to do <laughs> Martin Scorsese. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's a bumper one. Uh, it's a big boy, isn't it? It's a big boy. And, it, but, and it's his fictional films only, no documentaries or concert films. Yes. Oh, no. Does that mean we can't watch the Dylan one? Yeah. So you can watch the Dylan one on your own if you want. Okay. Watch yeah. whatever the fuck you want, Bex. But this is 25 <laughs> films. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's, it's, a, it's a chunky one, this one. But yeah, very much very much looking forward to it. Because um, I, was, I was going through the list and just looking at it going... Holy shit, there's just some really good watching <laughs> along the way there. Uh, so, yeah, so we're going to start that next week. Um, and, and yeah. And then after that, we'll probably do Fincher Club because it'll be around the time The Killer comes out. Yes. Yeah. And then that w- pr- will probably take us into the Christmas period. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, we've, Sorry, we've gone for it. So yeah, so yeah, two two books a month, and that's. Do you want to say what the name of the, the name of the series is as well? Oh, it's fucking beautiful. What is it that I can't remember? But it is, I remember loving it. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll say it then. Yeah. The last bastards of Christ. <laughs> yes, that was it. <laughs> oh, how Easter appropriate. Easter Sunday, baby. The last bastards of Christ. Oh. Yes. Yeah. So we're gonna do that. That's gonna be cool. Um. Right, that's admin out of the way. I can power through that. Uh, what's been happening in the news this week? Do, do, do we, forgive me, do we want to do the Pope's Exorcist so yes. Bex can do we, the, we, the thing? We, we do need to do the Pope's Exorcist because Bex does need to nip off, don't you? Because you need to go and sort out our cat sitter for our holiday. Cat admin. <laughs> cat admin, yeah. yeah. Uh, for our prima donna little bitch that's just fucking staring at me right now. Well, he's a lockdown baby. He can't help it. He's a piece of shit. He's not met many people. He's a prick. Uh, I, I feel like Becky is me and Mark is Donna about <laughs> Kiki. No, because to be honest, like if you were oh, here right. listening, Ian, he's quite he's <laughs> just as much concerned as I am. He's just playing Billy. No, I, I, no, it's not that I'm not concerned. <laughs> it's just that the cat is a prick. He no, is your, prick. He is your angel baby. He's, he's my angel baby. He's the asshole who lives with us. He's our asshole that lives with us, though. <laughs> That's exactly how I think of Kiki. That's and funny. you are as concerned about his well-being while we're away as I am. 
Yeah, but I am also, you know, aware of the fact that Amy <laughs> manages to run a business, have a very good successful career, and two children. So yeah, but no pets that stay around her for more than like a week. That's a fair point. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> moving on. Yes, the Pope's Exorcist. Oh, I'm excited for this one. I am. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Ian, just before we get into the actual Pope's Exorcist, though, we mm. watched a documentary, uh, didn't we, about Father Gabriel Amart? Oh, did you? We did. We, we, we reviewed the... Uh, we did? Him. Oh, was that him? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like... Years ago, we we reviewed that. I think about about six years ago. Ah, oh, fuck it. Yeah, it looks like it was literally shot on an iPhone. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is William freaking doing? Yeah, thing? not even an iPhone, like a JVC handicap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that was about him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. So Russell so Crowe's more fun. Russell Crowe's a lot more fun. Uh, it's um, directed by Jules. I do feel like I want to read the books though. Uh, it, the, the books very are good. good. The books are good, yeah. <laughs> that fucking tight. That fucking title card at the end. That's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> the so, books are good. Sorry. <laughs> so it stars Russell Crowe, uh, Franco Nero, and the voice of Ralph Innocent. And it is yeah. inspired by the actual files of Father Gabriel Amart, chief mm-hmm. exorcist of the Vatican. The Pope's exorcist follows Amart as he investigates a young boy's terrifying possession and ends up uncovering a centuries-old conspiracy the Vatican has desperately tried to keep hidden. Fucking Vatican. Fucking Vatican. Um, Ian, so this is precisely, I would say, up all of our streets for various different reasons. Mm. Um, what did you think to the Pope's Exorcist? I think the tagline, even though it would have been a spoiler, should have been no one expects the Spanish Inquisition, because I fucking <laughs> didn't. Um, so this is the most Geostorm anything has Geostormed since Geostorm. The Pope's Exorcist is exquisite. Yeah. Um, it is the 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 thing is Russell Crowe. You said you said it on the WhatsApp chat, but Russell Crowe is hundred percent locked in. He yep. is taking this like seriously, but not necessarily playing the character super serious. It just he's very committed to the role and does this really fleshed out like exorcist who has had a previous a life before being an exorcist and that plays into it um and it, it he's uh, uh, but at both times much too good for this and also the only person who should ever play <laughs> this character um it i mean we'll, we'll talk more and I, I had genuinely had a blast with this and I mean, it's it, it. There is some shite in it, but it's fucking beautiful shit. It is beautiful. We'll get into it. Bex, what did you think to the Pope's Exorcist? As a pre, we'll get into it. I loved it and would happily watch all 199 sequels that it teases <laughs> at the end. Same. 
Yeah, um, I, I, I think we're going to be three for three here. Um, there's well, as we get into it, I'll go into it. There's a moment where where genuinely I I could feel my entire body smile. <laughs> and fuck, I'm going to say what it is now. Uh, all flaws all the time. Remember, guys. Uh, but there's a moment in the third act. So a lot of the time, third acts of this type of horror movie mm. don't have the balls to go batshit. Mm. <laughs> mm. Not the Pope's Exorcist, but the fucking moment where out of a a pool in this uh, essential, essentially like fucking dungeon, after we've had Russell Crowe sat on a throne as like the Pope's martyr. Holding that fucking yeah. massive stick. Yeah. That was yeah. good for me. Yeah, holding oh, that and right. displayed that. Because it's a good-looking movie, mm. this it is. Point, you know, and then the fucking Virgin Mary comes out of the fucking <laughs> oh, it, pool. Yeah. I yeah. was like, I, I, I was so close to standing up and just clapping. Cause... And for, for me, it was when, when um, his little assistant guy, what's he called? Escobar. Yeah. Um, goes downstairs and finds him sat on the throne and he's just sat there like some fucking drunk on a chair with his massive staff with his fucking man-spread situation the, the, going yeah, on. The only, the only man who could sit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and as, doesn't as he... Osmodius, like, like, fuck you. Doesn't he, like, bang the staff and then, like, yeah. fire symbols <laughs> burst into flames around the park? Yes. yes. So yes. good. Yeah. yeah. I, I just my favourite part of that part was where the woman who the younger priest had been shagging comes back and she's all oh bloody God. and he puts that thing on the her and she just ex- yeah and she just <laughs> fucking explodes in blood. No, no, she doesn't just explode, Ian. She she full body blisters and yeah. then explodes. But, and, and then follow it. You want to take away from that. Which is great, but then when it's all over, Russell Crowe just looks at him and goes, "You look like shit." (laughs) (laughs) The thing about this film is, on a whole, it's it's great that what it's doing. Like I said, Russell Crowe is very into it. It's not a paycheck for it. It, anyway, he doesn't need to do a paycheck movie. He's he's fine, um, but he clearly just is really interested in the story. But you've also then got Franco Nero as the Pope, <laughs> the literal Pope. Yeah, and you know you've got Russell Crowe just you know speaking in Italian in it and then speaking in Latin in it. Oh no, but I love the bit when it's before the, like the the hearing earlier on is like the Pope is my boss if you have any problems with my actions speak to my boss <laughs> I love that the bit Pope. he's such a sassy bitch <laughs> yeah he is he's playing him as a sassy bitch and then to the point of sassiness that where he goes where the Pope basically sends him to San Sebastian um, in, in Spain and he's like alright and then the next shot you see is him pulling up outside this abbey um, on his moped and you're thinking he got all that way on his moped. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what the best moped moment for me was? When he uses it to pull off the... <laughs> yeah, so I don't, oh, I don't yeah, know. You're on your own to see it, Ian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know whether you would experience this, but like we, we were literally sat there like, a human being could pull harder than a moped <laughs> could. And we both just looked at each other and went, 
the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, yeah. But I mean, I the, harder than a moped could. The the yeah. the film has just got this weird blend of like horror moments, you know, even though they're basically Exorcist rips rip offs. Um, like pretty. No, no, but I I don't care. But no. then also just this comedy, and it's. Yeah. Like actually not laughing at it comedy, but I mean just like when it's like get me the priest, and then the priest comes, he gets blown back. Oh, that one priest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Supposed to be funny, but I mean like Russell Crowe, like um, oh god, when he's um, the guy's got his ear bitten off, and he's just like. Well, you should be thankful you stayed as good looking in this profession for as long as you <laughs> And then it's just like, would you just stop? Stop. <laughs> and then Russell Crowe's like, shh, the women are sleeping. And he's the one who's telling the fucking stories. And now he's saying, shush, that like the women are sleeping. It's great. But it's that great. bit, though, like, it, that bit it, after it, he's got his ear bitten off. And so, like, Russell Crowe's doing his Russell Crowe shit, doing whatever he's doing away from everywhere else. And, like, the daughter starts getting fucking writhed around in a closet and the priest gets his ear bitten off and the mother is like, what the fuck, sh- what's happening to her? She's getting that, Her two, her two getting single sh- beds have pulled yes, away yes, from each getting... other and she's just fallen in the middle. <laughs> So she's getting sucked into a bed and then he just comes back upstairs and sees the priest with like all the blood flying, like pouring down his face. And he's like, the fuck's happened? And then just goes <laughs> around and fixes all the scenarios because it's just like this inexperienced priest just clearly has no fucking clue what he's doing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Well, oh God, and it just reminded me, like, he's like, I haven't, father, I haven't confessed in eight years. You haven't confessed <laughs> in eight years. Well, are you sorry for it all? Yes. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, so Gabriel. Yes, I'm sure you're sorry. <laughs> you're a man of God. I'm sure you're very sorry for what you've done. <laughs> but then also, the plot genuinely when it turned into indiana jones for like 10 minutes at the start of the third act where they're like walking around the tomb i i was actually quite like it's actually quite an interesting idea for a plot like the whole idea of like the lead priest in the spanish inquisition actually being possessed yeah and yeah. Uh, you know and 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 then the russell crowe like um his his like sin or like his worst fear or regret, that girl. And it, it, it wasn't that she was actually possessed. It's that she was sexually abused by... She needed help and she didn't help, uh, he didn't help her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, like that, there's just in, interesting nuggets here, which I just, it's a, a an interesting film. It is fucking stupid. And it's re- and it's really entertaining, but there is some plot stuff in here which does actually keep you going. And like mm. Mark, like you said, the third act, like you know, a lot of films don't go as batshit. It goes batshit, but it's also actually quite interesting that you know yeah. the devil wants to possess him so that he can go to the Vatican and then Have you know do another inquisition or whatever you know it, it was good you know that that's a cool idea um but it's also got russell crowe speaking italian and being a sassy little bitch <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so like did you 
you have that moment? Because I, I, I had it and then I mentioned it to Mark and he was like, oh yeah, I had that as well. So where you're like watching it and you're trying to be like a serious film watching person and follow the plot. And then your brain goes, nah, this do not all hang together. And then another bit of your brain goes, we don't fucking care. Yep. It's fun. Fuck you. <laughs> and we both have that. Yeah, that's it. The Pope's Exorcist does exactly what it says on the tin. You know, it, it's it's Russell Crowe playing the Pope's Exorcist, and it's it it's almost it, it's quite telling off of the Catholic Church. It's it quite is, an interesting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's quite interesting bit of of that. You know, and and you know, Gabriel uh, um, Amort was 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 like that. You know, he frequently called out um, the churches past discretions mm. but like yeah I, you know i mean it could have stood to be scarier and i i think there were aspects of the plot that did start going a little bit all over the place like i i, I genuinely why did the pope throw up all that blood apart from the fact that it was a really funny moment because <laughs> <laughs> it was reaching out to people who he had influence over I think so, yeah. Because I thought it was going to be that, that, like, it was going to try and possess the Pope or something. Mm. But then no, but I, 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 I do reckon that's that's on the cards coming up, I reckon. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it, if it, honestly, if it becomes, like, fucking, um, the Pope's exorcist ghost protocol, where it's like the Pope is goes against uh, Father Amorph, and now Father Amorph has to go rogue along with a band of other ex-Vatican agents or something like that. Oh, that would be... <laughs> God, that would be fucking exceptional. I would watch another 199 of them, as Beck said. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I would as well. Uh, really good, uh, like, production design. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's... It's easy to just go very generic with this. And I thought it was a little bit with the house being like, it, well, they, the abbey that they're at. And it being like it wasn't, it was like, right, are we just going to get this? But then as soon as they go down into like the dungeons, bit, it's like, all right, this has got some fucking... Yep. It, this looks good. It looks like a fucking proper movie. They, yeah, they threw some money at it. Yeah. I am here for the Pope Sexist franchise. Well, yeah. apparently, I think it cost about $8 million. Yeah. Uh, I think really wow. Budget. Um, including let's check that. Russell Crowe's salary. Russell it, Crowe will, will work for scale. He'll, he'll back end that shit. Yeah. Um, if he finds it interesting. Is he gonna find it interesting by episode one seventy five though? Yeah, I think I think Russell Crowe will. <laughs> Yeah, what Russell Crowe is, is he, he quietly has been doing things that he just finds interesting for pretty much most of his career. Yeah, he, he just he rocks up in stuff. And I mean, like, fair play, you know, he, he was on the Empire podcast this week talking about this. You give you give me any other fucking A-list star who's in a, like a dirty horror, little horror movie like this, who's actually going to go on the publicity trail for it. There won't be many. But Russell Crowe would do it because he actually was interested in the character. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, and also just another one of my favourite lines, uh, my greatest fear, France, winning the <laughs> World Cup. Should have just stopped at France, but that would have been better. But again, very good. 
Uh, yeah, a geostorm. Just I, one of the most entertained times I will probably have in the cinema this year. Yeah. And and it's a it's a it's a better it it is definitely a better film than I was expected. Like a genuinely actually a better film. Yeah, I I, I am going with the I am going with geostorm because of the spirit of geostorm. I th- yeah, and that because I'm I'm almost tempted to say actually no, do you know what? Fuck it, definitely not shit. But it just it made me smile an awful lot. Yeah, and that's it. It's it. it yeah, it's, I, I don't think it's shit, but I also just think that the spirit of Geostorm was invented for this type of movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, genuinely for me, it's a four out of five movie. Yeah, it's a, it's a definitely not shit for me because it's there's no way that the so bad it's good fits it for me. Oh fuck! It's, it's yeah. definitely not shit. I've changed my mind. So can, we, can, can we have a new category of the Pope's Exorcist? <laughs> but then, but then, what what is that though? It's just a movie. I think that, that's just joy <laughs> in a roundabout way. Like nah, okay, I'm going for definitely not shit. I'm yeah, I'm, 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 yeah. This reviews turned me round. Definitely not shit. Yeah. Yeah. Go on, the Pope's Exorcist. I feel really influential now. And the thing yeah. is, our audience poll here: definitely not shit, forty-four percent. Touching cloth, thirty-three percent. Shit, eleven percent. And Geostorm, twelve percent. No, I'll be honest. I'm really quite happy with that. Mm. Yeah. I think that the Pope's Exorcist is going to be one of those movies where people are going to watch it thinking, God, this is going to be, going to be this is going to be shit, and then yeah. go, do you know what? That's a blast. Yeah, it's a well, subverting expectations for sure. But then, like, because I, I, I never expected it to be bad. Like, I expected it to be Mark and Becky Nip because it's got all that Catholic guilt shit in there, and we love that shit, don't we? But and I, I never expected it to be bad within that range of kind of geostorminess because Russell Crowe doesn't necessarily do shit I mean there's limits but I mean there's <laughs> there's prize fight in the life of Jim Belcher we reviewed that didn't we that was, yeah, we, re- that was... we review a lot of Russell Crowe over the years I still haven't watched Poker Face, and I, he directed that as well, didn't he? I need we, to fucking what, get on. That. We, watched we watched the first right. like hour, and then uh, had to dip out, didn't we? Yeah, it's better than Blackbird. Poker Face was alright, but it, it is a little bit more stinky than you think it's going mm, to be. Mm, mm. Yeah, right. Well, that was the Pope's Exorcist. Um, Hell yeah, yeah. Two years ago. I need, I need to go sort my cat out. Right. All right. We we may or may not see Becky later. We'll see. Yes. If not, love you. Bye. <laughs> right. So should we do news now, Ian? Sure. Why not? Why not? Um, I feel like there has been news. There has been news. So there's going to be more. Um, oh, Star Wars. Star Wars. Um, Daisy Ridley. Star Wars. So there's more. So the Skywalker saga that we were promised was was done is not done. Yeah, so there's three films. And at first I read that it was a trilogy of films, but it looks like they backed off from that. So there's going to be essentially an episode 10, which is Daisy Ridley. Um, 
in it, which is about her rebuilding the Jedi Order or something. Uh, you've got James Mangold doing a film uh, basically about the birth of the Jedi. Um, and then you've got Dave Filoni, um, who does a lot of the Star Wars animated stuff and has been directing episodes of the TV shows, doing one which is um, apparently basically going to be something that's going to tie up the Mandalorian uh, verse. Um, so here's my prediction. The Daisy Ridley one does happen. The Mandalore verse one goes straight to Disney Plus and the James Mangold one never happens. Yeah, sounds about right. It's it's staggering how bad Marvel have got, not very Marvel, but how bad Disney have got with their big film slate in the past three or four years. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it just, I, I don't get why you'd like watch these announcements and be be excited because it is just like there's such that there, there is a very strong chance that this stuff just never comes to fruition no. and the the daisy ridley one it does sound like that's quite close to the to the like to the go time but like the taika Waititi one still hasn't officially been cancelled or anything um so that one's like hanging around in the ether as well and the, you know the man the mandalorian one again it kind of depends on do they actually want to wrap shit up because ahsoka is only just starting this year um and also the mandalorian season three i i'll be honest i i watched the first episode i haven't bothered watching any of the others and the, the reactions aren't necessarily making me want to and it, it is just like a, you know is the mandalorian actually going to be still hot shit by the time they get to do that well the, it's the thing is it's it's it, it's almost a little bit like cause I, there would be a temptation and to, to blame it on um the pandemic now i think you could do that with um with marvel and say that the, the stutteringness of marvel could kind of coincide with the pandemic but this is just solo it's all because solo um seemed to curse all it touched <laughs> Spook, yeah, spooked the fuck out of them. Really but did. Only, but only that, you know, you know, um, what's his name? Alden um, Heinrich was, you know, was was going through the hot new shit. And then since Solo Star Wars story, what's he done? Cocaine bear? Um, yeah. And then in a bonkers universe, um, Bradford Young hasn't made another film since that's really that's great is yeah. he in tv no well he just hasn't done anything hasn't done anything what's hang on so he did like selma didn't he and then it, like so it, it, it did selma in the space of like a couple of years he did ain't them body saints um selma a most violent year um Pawn Sacrifice, uh, Arrival, which he was nominated for an Academy Award, um, then Solo Star Wars Story, I think a couple of little bits in between. Um, and it seems like he's not done anything since. That's wild. Yeah, he was hot shit. Yeah. And I hope he's all right. Yeah. Couple of shots. Yeah, nothing since 
Solo, which was it was quite heavily criticised for being quite dark. Yep, not like shit. Yeah, it did not look good. Whereas, you know, Arrival, Ain't <laughs> um, Them Body Saints, you know, and Most Violent Year all looked very, very good. Yeah, like you say, you hope there's, there's, there's nothing that he's just taking a break, that there's nothing untoward there. Yeah, I certainly hope so. But uh, yeah, we'll you know we'll we'll see when it comes to Star Wars. Yeah, um, thinking what else has happened in the news. Um, so did we know that apparently Jim Carrey is rumored to be in the new Deadpool? Uh, no, but cool. That makes me more interested. Yeah, apparently Jim Carrey is going to be uh, in the new Deadpool. Or is in talks to be in the new Deadpool. Yeah, good. All right. Fucking, why not just throw random shit like that at it? If Jim Carrey's going to be in an MCU film, I think I think I'm glad it's a Deadpool three. Yeah, yeah, that could be it. Could be quite fun. That. Um, mm. Trying to think if there's anything else that I saw that was interesting in the news this week. I think it mostly has been sort of taken over by Star Warsy bits and bits like that. Mm. Um, um, Timothy Chalamet is doing his own singing in the Bob Dylan biopic. Which is James Mangold's next film. Fair play. Um, yeah, that's interesting. And that that's been James Mangold. He's got that. He's writing and I think directing Swamp Thing for DC. Yeah. He's already got two films lined up before he even does a fucking Star Wars. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that Star Wars film's not happening. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Right. Trailers. Trailers. Yeah. Um, so saw so another new trailer for um, Into Spider-Verse and yeah. yeah kind of back in the game for it now yeah 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 May- yeah maybe I don't know it does seem like it's going to be a bunch of Spider-Men fighting other Spider-Men it's I, I'm a little wary about. I, I'm, I'm hoping it trips us up with what is actually going on here. Um, like it'd be good if it was only showing us like the first act. Um, yeah. Or, 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 but I don't. I don't think it is. Um, I'm also like another another one. I think is coming out next year, which is beyond the Spider Verse. So this is obviously going to end on some sort of cliffhanger. And I, yeah, I don't know. I, there's something about it that's still not quite hitting for me and i really really like into the spider-verse i'm also right Pete, peter parker's got a kid great so we're gonna have a baby fucking ro- rocking around here on occasion cool that just felt a little bit like hey do you know what audiences like babies um and yeah i don't know that felt a little artificial but fine I'm I'm looking I, I I'm I'm looking forward to it. The tra- neither of these trailers have done much for me, I'll be honest. Yeah, it, it's not one that's this one did more for me, but it's still not one that I'm yeah, super pumped for. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Uh right, should we move on to trailers? Oh, we are, we are trailers. on trailers. Yeah, fucking hell, my brain's gone so much. Uh what else have we caught in? Uh, okie dokie. So, um, uh, there have been some, just having a look. Um, new Robert Rodriguez film with uh, Ben Affleck in Hypnotic. Well, I say new, it was filmed years ago. Um, yeah, it was, wasn't it, this one? 
Yeah. Um, so it kind of just looks like most of the things that Ben Affleck's character thinks he's seeing in this film, he's probably not seeing. And by the end, it will be, well, actually, the real thing is this. But then there'll be a final shot that will go, or is it? Oh, you're there. Oh, am I still there? Yeah, you're back. I'm back. Sorry, my headphones went weird. Uh, no worries. Did you hear any of that? Uh, I caught the last bit, but not the bit before. <laughs> yeah, no. So I was just saying, like, it looks like it's going to be, it, like, through the film, you can't really believe what it is that you're seeing and what he's seeing. And then there'll be a reveal. And then at the end, there'll be a, like, the final shot will be like, ah, oh, but was the reveal real? Yeah. <laughs> You'll be like, by that point, you'll be like, I don't care. Right. We'll see. It, it look, looks looks like it's going to be thrown out, um, and it's going to be like ninety six minutes long. Yeah, it definitely has that kind of an edge to it. But uh, yeah, we'll let, let's see how it goes. I think it comes out next month. Yeah. Um, what else was that? Blue Beetle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's going to be relatively low stakes and could have a little bit of fun in it. Like, I, it feels like they're not necessarily going, this is going to be the start of a major franchise with this one. And if I remember correctly, this was one that was originally going to be straight to HBO Max. But, yes. Um, but unlike Batgirl, they were like, actually, do you know what? This would be worth putting out. So we'll see. Comes out in August. Um feels like it's not going to have an awful lot of competition it's going to be right in kind of like the dog days of the summer holidays so you know yeah let's let's see how it goes I, it could be fun yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see i there was nothing in trailer that made me go i want to watch that no uh, not particularly but if there's nothing else out that week i'll happily go see it yeah. um extraction two. Oh, this i'll happily fucking see with bells on go on then <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I'm very much like that. I was watching the trailer going, yeah, all right, fuck it. I enjoyed Extraction. It basically looks like Extraction 2, which it is, so go on then. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'll watch Chris Hemsworth fire a gun at a low-flying helicopter until it blows up. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. just, like, with his fucking fist on fire, punching people. <laughs> like, it... It looks it looks like it's gonna have that goofy badass kind of thing going on. Um, yeah, I'm I'm up for this. Yeah, I'm together with that. That, 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 that looks it looks yeah, I'm good with that one. Uh, what else have we got? We've got a couple of biggies, uh, haven't we? So yeah. Uh, the, oh, migration. On. Did you watch the trailer for Migration? <laughs> what the? Hey, <laughs> remember these people who did these films? Yeah, they made a film about birds. Yeah, it is weird trailer honestly for anybody who's not watched the migration trailer please go out and watch the migration trailer the teaser sorry because it, it, it's a minute and like 50 seconds and i would say a good minute and 10 seconds of that is them bragging about all the other things that they've done it's, it's i've never a, seen anything like it yeah bizarre teaser uh, what else have we got? Yeah, I think the next one. So, Indy Five, Dial of Destiny. Uh, remain, trailer. remain looking forward to it. Um, 
I, I, you know, is it going to be one of the top tier indie films? No. Is it going to be the worst one? Maybe, maybe not. And that's I'm I'm okay with that for now. Yeah, I'm. I still remain um, very much like. I'm looking forward to watching a new Indiana Jones movie. Um, but I also reserve the fact that after it, I will probably come out and go, oh, no, they did it again to me, didn't they? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. But hey, look, if it, it and it does feel like this will be it now. Yeah. Um, and I, I hope it leaves people feeling better about it than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull did. That's it. I don't um, hate. I don't hate Crystal Skull. You know, like I watched it last year. It was all right, but it, this looks more like it, to be honest. Yes, it, Crystal Skull is actually nowhere near as bad as people remember it. Remember it being. It's just it didn't need to be aliens. Yeah, that's fair. It just it, just, it didn't it, that that it it was fine that these were supernatural things that were happening within the Indiana Jones movies. It didn't then have to have aliens thrown into it. It it's, made it a little bit like, why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, it that was a film that felt like it was setting up Shia LaBeouf and, yep. you know, in an alternate universe that may have happened. It is a weird... I am kind of glad that the end of Indiana Jones isn't going to be that ending. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, maybe Mutt Williams. So, yeah, we'll see. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge looks like she's going to be good value as well. I like the idea of him teaming up with a, like, what, like, 30-something, I assume, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She she is, like a lot of people from London Gentry, she is probably early 30s, but looks like she could be anywhere between late 20s and mid-40s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just think about Fleabag and that wasn't that long ago and it was about dating and stuff and yeah. But um, I, I, I think she looks like pretty good value um, and, you know, just her not being super, super young, I think is good as well. Like if she's got a maturity to her as well and it's not just her constantly screaming indie, that would be nice. Yeah, 38 years. Oh, there you go. Yeah, no, uh, I, I agree with that. It looks it, the fact that it doesn't look like there's going to be a romantic connection with them. It that I, I'm kind of for that. Well, I th- no, I mean like it, so she's his goddaughter, and it looks like it's going to be Toby Jones is going to be playing her dad, but I think maybe in flashback. Yeah. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. Because of course Toby Jones is going to be in it because there are no other British actors. Mm, um, so yeah, uh, right, go on then. Should we piss the internet off here? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. All right. So look, Barbie. I gave it another watch today. And so I watched it a couple look, of times. Look, I. It just it, it feels like the noise around it is going to be insufferable. Um, and this trailer feels precision tooled to just be moments that people on the internet can talk about, which is what marketing kind of has to be these days. And I get it. I'm I'm sure the film itself is going to be more interesting than this looks. That's where I'm at with it. It's Greta Gerwig. I, 
I, I, I think she's great. Yeah. Gosling looks like he's going to be funny. The thing is, there, I just... The, the problem with where I am with it is... I just, we still don't know what it is. And I kind of like to now know what it is. <laughs> um, and I, I'm really hoping that we're just going to get a a straight-up Barbie movie that has a few nods and winks. If that's what we're getting, then I'm I'm up, I'm, I'm I'm all right with that. But and I think that again, as I've said, I, I think I'm the least one someone please think of the children person you can get. But no matter what you say, no matter how you feel about whether or not this, you know, the, the dynamics of um, of whether little girls should be playing with Barbies or anything like that, they still do. They're still really popular. It's still a really popular children's toy. And if you've got a bunch of kids who are seeing that there's a Barbie movie around, as a parent, you don't want to be going, oh, can I take my kid to that? <laughs> yeah, sure. And, and it's a little bit like that. I, I'm In the same way for a film we're going to talk about later on in the show, there is an element of a, hang on a minute, no, fuck off. It, Barbie is for kids. If you are an adult and you like Barbie and you like collecting Barbie or anything like that, if you're a grown-up you like doing that, that's cool. No problem like that. People like collecting Lego and bits like that. There's no fucking judgment on that. But you are not the gatekeeper of it. <laughs> and there's an element of if you're actually going to be snide about it, that's fine. You can be snide about things, but essentially being snide when it's going to have an impact on kids' enjoyment feels a little bit like now you've been a cunt. Yeah. And I'm a, that's where I kind of am with it. And am I kind of looking forward to going and watching, um, you know, Simon Liu? Is it Simon Liu, is it? Simu Liu. Simu Liu, yeah. Um, and Ryan Gosling and fucking Margot Robbie twat around as, as Barbies. Then, yeah, that sounds kind of fun. If it's anything more than 95 minutes long, I'll be amazed and worried. But, yeah, I'm still unsure on this. Still really, really unsure. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. We'll see. That, yeah, that's, I just very much agree. CS3P Combat. Player one. Choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. While you're in luck. Punter. Round one, fight. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. <laughs> but anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. <laughs> so join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight!
You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. Also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I just, just getting confirmation. It's just in English. That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? So, the Super Mario Brothers. Um, yeah, stars the voices of Chris Pratt. And you throw a joy, Charlie Day, Jack Black, Keegan-Michael Kay, uh, Seth Rogen, and a few other people. Um, and, yeah, what is it, the story of? Well, it, it, it's basically, it's it's Mario. It's Bowser. Uh, he's essentially trying to take over various fucking Mario lands and fucking Mario shit. <laughs> That's it. I don't know that much about Mario, but I did watch the movie. Ian, um, you were very excited for Mario Brothers movie. How did it work out for you? Hmm. Yeah, I was. I was fucking pumped. I was getting increasingly pumped. Um, as as the week went on. Uh, it, I mean, it's fine, isn't it? It, it, it? It's it's not it's not for, it's not for adults. There you stop, go. Stop. Which 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 is it's just fine. Have, I, the, I don't have a problem with it. The thing is. Um, the things when I got there, my screening was was packed, which was good. Um, yeah, actually, it was really busy, and it was it was a lot of parents with a lot of kids. Um, sorry, a little bit of pep step. And the thing is, there was a kid uh, sat next to me uh, who was there was like a mum and her friend, and then they each had like five kids going down either side of them. <laughs> So this kid was like at the very end, um, and I, I think they booked like, all the seats and left one at the end because uh, there was one at either end, uh, thinking, "Well, no one's going to get that seat." And then fucking this prick turns up <laughs> <laughs> and fucking sits down at ten o'clock on Good Friday on his own, the only single human there. <laughs> and this kid sort of like was kept, kept looking at me, so I kept looking at this kid, and he just went. I'm Martin and I like Mario. Oh, bless him. And I was like, I'm Mark. Uh, I don't know that much about Mario, but I'm looking forward to this movie. And you was like, yeah. And then he literally kept telling me what all the characters were every time a new character came up. But was so, that useful? I, 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 I was loving how much this kid was loving That's it. Great. Yeah. Um, like that. I genuinely, I am very much a, right, don't look at your fucking phone. Don't fucking chat. You hit it, right? There's an entire world out there, outside of this auditorium, where you can chat to whoever you're with, where you can look at your fucking phone, you can do all of those things. So fuck off and do that. Unless I am there watching a kids' movie and kids are enjoying it, because I am I am in their zone now. I can't be grumpy going, no, 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 shut up, kid. You don't fucking talk in the cinema because it's a kids' movie and kids. It, the kid was excited so i was kind of digging how excited this fucking kid was and all the kids were there but yeah uh, mario is um it's it, it is a kid's movie and that's fine but it was very much like throughout the entirety i was like it is this all this is yeah got a little bit bored and <laughs> you know <laughs> It's from the guys who like show run Teen Titans Go and they directed Teen Titans Go to the movies. So I, you know, I was hoping for a little bit of 
flavor other than literally what you what you expect this film to be but at the same time i'm not going to be a hypocrite and go but it didn't have anything for me so fuck this movie because it was bright it was colorful um it had one voice performance in particular which was fantastic um and i'll I'll be honest like the way brian tyler has adapted koji kondo's themes is is wonderful like i thought the score was cracking and you know it is it is a little bit of that dicaprio point at the screen stuff don't get me wrong but just like don't like because donna like has a like it's like basically the one video game franchise she has any relationship with and when mario goes to that castle and they say oh the princess she's not here she must be in another castle she literally like poked me and just started laughing because that's a thing in mario where it's like you beat one of the worlds and it's like oh the princess isn't here she's in another castle so you know it, it and it's it, 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 you know, so it's got that kind of thing to it. But I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. You know, I will say one thing that really weirded me out was the way that the animation. So the animation style, obviously, everything in the Mushroom Kingdom is like super Nintendo-y. Yeah. Yeah. Like all the character designs, all the environments. New York looks like an Illumination film. Yeah. And like the people other than the Mario's look like pe- illumination like people, people from, yeah from secret life of pets and things like that and i get it but it really tripped me up watching these characters interact with those illumination characters but then you know and it, it is just a reminder it's an illumination film because you know what else reminds you of that the constant fucking needle drops and <laughs> they they were I, I, annoying I'm, I'm surprised they made it through Nintendo's okaying. You know, like it. I, I genuinely, and I asked this in the chat after. I genuinely don't know why they played Take on Me, where it's just them being driven to Donkey Kong. I don't understand why that played. It, like the it, other it was, song, kind of get it. It was like because the the, the 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 donkey that came out, the the gorilla thing that came out, yeah, um, was like dressed like a character from Miami Vice, wasn't he? So it was to get off this weird kind of eighties oh, vibe 80s for no vibe. reason. Yeah. Oh, or yeah, all right. Me, might be considered like a, he's a he's a very seminal eighties song, but that still has no real bearing on why that happened but yeah i did notice that the the the, the gorilla was was dressed in my yeah, right. i suppose that makes sense but no but it, it, i, I agree with you or is it just lazy no it, it, it's a little bit hi um like right, next. Like, like there's a point where um you get acdc fucking turn off yeah uh, like and it's like we, there's there's other songs there are other songs there you know, and it's yeah, the, the needle drops fucked me off, and they don't normally in movies. Mm. But yeah, in this, I was uh, the 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 ACDC one uh, when Thunderstruck came in there. I was a little bit like, oh come on, 
really have you got you have you you just broke out the big book of songs to drop <laughs> are we gonna get spirit in the sky at some point uh yeah i mean it wouldn't have surprised me no but, it wouldn't but yeah but i mean saying all this because i you know i am sounding quite negative i spoiler alert i'm a, I'm a mild definitely not shit on this i thought that the sequence where they're training mario and it's like the 2d mario level but kind of like 3d yeah i i, I really enjoyed that i i thought i thought that was fun and it like had a good energy to it um and the the luigi's mansion bit i kind of enjoyed but again it's dicaprio pointing at the screen meme um it yeah it but 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 the saving grace for it jack black jack yeah. black is the only person who's like, I'm gonna do something with this. That video he's, he's done of that Peach's song is amazing. I haven't even seen the film, but I love it. It's such an eel. Um, but the, the thing there is, when the song starts coming out, I was there going, What? What? Why is, why is, why is he singing a song? And then the song started, I thought, I mean, I'm glad he's singing this song because this is great. <laughs> why is he singing a song? Because it's Jack Black and he's got that voice. Why would you not? But what is it about um, about kids' movies and going, hey, rock music's bad? Mm. Mm. I, 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 I don't. I mean, it's How just doing a funny bad, song. Isn't There's the fact that, that there was that they very there was, like, there was at a concert when you go to the Coopers thing. They had like a, a big concert to celebrate blowing oh, up the ice world thing. Point. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I haven't seen this film, but it's led to you playing me that Peaches thing and us listening to Tenacious D and me rediscovering the song Fucker Gently, which is just amazing, which we were listening to on the way to the cinema to see Forbes Exorcist <laughs> last night, which I was just cracking up at. So, you know. I, the, and the, the, I mean, Jack yeah, Black okay. is... It's just... He's, he's cracking. And just, like, the whole way that the... Own, like, all he's trying to do... He just really, really wants to fuck Peach. Like, yeah, it, that's, that's it. What it's an oddly horny about. movie. <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't know. I think that's really funny. And just like whenever he's like getting reports on Mario, it's like, and and did she think he was really cool? <laughs> it's just like he's so paranoid about Mario looking cooler than him. I mean, it's, it needed more. It needed more of that because yeah. like the the Mario like peach dynamic is fucking nothing the mario and luigi dynamic is basically we want our dad to be proud of us who voiced luigi charlie ah, day. Ah! I don't charlie day. oh charlie day mean charlie day yeah okay see all of that all of the casting in this is more interesting to me like Anya Taylor-Joy I cannot understand a world where Anya Taylor-Joy chased she, she's well into it she she's so above playing Princess fucking Peach in a Chris Pratt fronted she, she, she's she's fine you know she's she does a good Princess Peach yeah. and it, I mean it's it's nice and like Lottie said after that she thought it was good that Princess Peach didn't necessarily like get like it, it needs Mario's like it, like she could do with his assistance, but it wasn't all I'm trapped in a castle and she could handle mm. herself. Like lots like noticed that and called it out, which is great. And and you say the joy gives that kind of peppiness to it, you know. But it is a film 
aimed at three to ten year olds and that's yeah fine i'm i have no problem with that i'm not gonna be a dickhead who's like well you can make films that adults like as well do you know what if kids want to watch bright and colorful shit based on video game characters that that's fucking that's brilliant you don't need the last of us version of mario no and that's absolutely true but i what i would say is there are films that have come out recently that have proved that this concept can be done well like zelda zelda can do it yeah. Like Sonic. But I think Sonic's very much for kids. It is, but it, it also has a layer that allows it to be entertaining enough for adults. Like, it can be it, both. It, Whereas it, this sounds like it's very much just like, this is a kid's movie. Yeah, but, I'm, I, I, but I'm fine with that. Which is fine, yeah, but... They're, they're, know, they're playing it. The... Go on. They're just playing it incredibly safe. That's yes. it. With the, the generational appeal that Mario actually has as a character, it feels like they, they should have done more of a Sonic vibe with it, which is going to appeal to old school Do you know fans what? As, as, as well as kids. Do you know what? Right. With this, I'm starting to get to the point of, no. Do you know what? No. Stop making films where you are where your target audience where they where it should be your target audience should be children and you're not you're going to target them to fucking 30 to 50 year olds no target to the fucking kid but it can be both but i don't know that it can anymore i mean sonic proves that it can but people still fucking moaned about that yeah only because it was real fucking weird looking to start off with i just i I, don't know what for me, I am. Um, I'm kind of touching cloth on it because I, I I I was a little bit bored. And it's not a very long movie, mm. but that's from a very much a that's from my point of view. Mm. I would like I I wouldn't give I wouldn't have changed the movie to make it more that I would like it to make it less than the kids that were watching I'm, it in the screen that I was in were liking it. Yeah. And I mean, do you know what the thing is? I mean, we stayed for the post credits bit, and like Lottie was just like, "It's going to be Yoshi. It's going to be Yoshi. It's going to be Yoshi." Mm. And then it was Yoshi, and it was like she was fucking hyped, you know. So it, it, it's like I say, it just I grew up with Mario. Mario's like a, you know, a very very big part of my bonding with Lottie, and I'm happy that this film is working for kids and you know quite a few adults as well i i don't think it's great i think the second one if them if nintendo can be a little bit okay i think i think we're all right here maybe it could be a bit more interesting my my worry is the fact that it's made as much as it has is gonna make them just be like right okay we got a formula here and we're gonna stick to it Hmm. um but hey, as I think I said on the show last week, I just want a Smash Brothers film where the bad guy is just a big gloved white hand. <laughs> yeah, I um, fuck it. I, I'm changing it to definitely not shit because it's not shit for what it's trying to do. Yeah, like it, like I said, it's a mild three out of five, but it, I think it's going to be on rotation in this house quite a lot, and I'm not against that. I might not be actively watching, but I'll listen to the fucking music and watch a couple of bits and I'll have a good time with that. Yeah, I give it three out of five, so I'm definitely not shit on it. Um, there we are. And our audience was definitely shit 63%, touching cloth 25%, and shit 13%.
Dungeons and Dragons, though, is it? It's not Dungeons and Dragons. No, I mean, oh, God, no, no. But hey, you think so? I've, I've reevaluated Chris's. Are you, you now found that I've bit the pines? Best Pine, Chris. Pine is the best Chris. Do you know what I have oh, actually yeah. just done? My like sort of side step to back to Dungeons and Dragons. Have you guys been kind of exposed to um, Hugh Grant um, and all the press work he's been doing for um, this movie? No. He's been fucking brilliant <laughs> <laughs> in the in the what is it for this? I love that. There was, it's uh, not just a thing that he's done that he wants to just forget about. Oh no, he's he, he's like, just you're, on board. Yeah, you watch it going <laughs> going. You know, the man is so fucking charismatic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and just like he's there was one where he was telling a story um, about um, eating hot dogs <laughs> on set with Sandra Bullock. And it's just great, or talking with Chris Pine about um, his sex playlists. <laughs> Honestly, it's currently film of the year for me. That's good. Genuinely. Um, the nostalgia of it is just like, ridiculous. Well, we're about to do another movie. Right. Actually, no, we'll, 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 do, we'll do this from what have we been up to before we do another movie that you haven't seen. <laughs> um, so, right, I'm going to start what have we been up to with, I think we've all watched the same TV series because we've now caught up. Uh, yeah. What the fuck so, have I been watching? So, Ted Lasso? Yeah, Ted Lasso. Oh, okay. So we've caught up with Ted Lasso now. Um, because we hadn't watched it. Um, so, yeah, it's the third series. How are you, how are you finding it, Ian? <clears throat> um, I, 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 I love my Richmond people. And um, I... Um, it feels like there's a lot happening with a lot of different people um and it's it's going to be interesting to see how they that they tie it all up i i i like ted lasso it's a very comforting show to watch of a midweek is um, it anymore though is it comforting now or is it just so bogged down in all its stuff that it okay really quite depressing yeah but i mean i don't know i i it's gonna. I I, I feel like it, it. There's gonna be some good emotional payoffs coming down the track. Like Nate's eventual. Uh, He's up come. Come to Jesus moment. Yeah, is is gonna be. Is is gonna be good. And I, it I I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're doing with that character because him literally playing the manager of a Premier League club for his wonderful tactician as they're making out he is seems like utter bullshit to me well, mm. and this, they, is, this, this is what keeps pulling me out of it mm, mm, mm. yeah it's that felt like a plot contrivance written by someone who doesn't understand english football it's the whole thing this my i didn't watch the first series of ted lasso until quite a lot after like only just before the second series mm. came out i think the second series might have already come out when i first watched it uh, and i eventually gave up because so many people have been telling me it was great and the reason why is because i have a tick when it comes to anything related to football mm. that i'm like right but the problem is that they're always if you watch football you can tell they're written by people who don't watch football. And I think through the previous series, like some of that has been exas- um, 
like mitigated by the fact that they were in a lower league. And that, so you could kind of go, eh. Not even that. Eh. I, I but think, now they're in the Premier League. It's like. They're in the Premier League the first season. Yeah, but the, for the but, last two, they've been out of it, haven't they? One. It's only third season. Is it? Yeah. So, but uh, the, the West Ham are fucking powerhouses yeah, of this season. It's pulling me out of it so badly. Yeah, it, it's the, you know, the mighty West Ham. And it's, yeah, it's a little like, bit like. Either. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, but not only that, I, I, I'm I'm struggling a little bit with this season. I want my Ted Lasso to have more Ted Lasso or some Ted Lasso. Oh, there, there is that as well. Uh, it, it it feels like a bridge season towards, towards Richmond AFC, which yeah. I swear is going to be the next series. Which I, I which I am fine with that. But doing the um, what's her name, Rebecca? Is it? Yeah. The owner. Yeah. Yeah. Doing the Rebecca versus Rupert thing. It's been like, but we did this in the first season. We've done this already. I don't I don't need this. She's she's mm. gotten over that in the first fucking season. Shandy can fuck right off. Yeah, she again she feels like a little bit of a oh We've done this with Keely being that yeah. and then becoming what she is uh, now. And, we don't and, need to see Keely having her Rebecca moment yeah. and being Shandy up through And not only that, it's like Right, this is a little bit insulting to football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm struggling. I am struggling I really, with this season. Every time I see Krim, I'm like, "Don't you fucking do it, Krim? Don't you fucking out that boy?" Well, I don't think he's going to. Because if he was going to, would have. If he was going to, would have. But also, but what if it's his book? Yeah, but the book there, but the book is. <laughs> What if he fucks them all over with the book and that's the end of the series? I, I don't think he will. I, I don't think that that character's there for that. The thing is, I think it started off as like a football melodrama it with is... elements of people's interpersonal relationships that has now become a interpersonal melodrama against the background of a football club. Like my, my issue that I've got with this series so far, the thing is there's been some really fun moments, isn't it? My issue is a little bit like that I'm playing through the 50 minute episodes that we've got at the moment. The things I'm playing in my head at the moment are where's Ted? Um mm. fucking hell, I don't like that guy and I have a feeling that he's going to get a redemption arc. That show will be dead to me for giving it a redemption arc. Yeah. Because he needs to just get some fucking karma. And and watch it going. Juno Temple looks, 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 looks not well. Maybe some pasta. (laughs) Yeah. But, but I, 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 but I am still getting that thing where an episode finishes. Now I want to watch the next episode. Hmm. Honestly, my major gripe with it is the West Hamminess of it. Yeah, partially because West Ham are. West Ham are just fucking West Ham. They're yeah. not a fucking. They ain't that. And also, <laughs> it, 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 if if it was Brighton or something like that, I'd be all right with it. But it's West Ham, and they're 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 not a very nice club. No, no. <laughs> the thing is, like, I could believe West Ham having a bit of a run in the Premier League, getting up to like fourth or whatever it is they are. Um, yeah, like or third or something like that, relatively early in the season, and then dropping off, and that's what's going to happen as soon as they they start having a couple of bad games. 
like Nate's like tactics of having a go at everyone and not being well liked is just going to piss the players off. And yeah, I, I feel like that's the thing that's coming. And I almost want something different, but I also don't because I don't want Nate to be successful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want him taking down a peg. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Up and spool come. Um, what else have you done to well, I've been listening to an awful lot of Queen music, which we just need to get Noel on because this is a discussion that I need to have with Noel because Noel's also into his Queen music, isn't he? He is indeed, yeah. But it's, it's made me have some, honestly, some revelations. What revelations have you had? Well, so within Queen, mm-hmm. they all wrote songs for the albums. It was it, yeah. was, it was a bit of a democracy, wasn't it, with, with, with regards to songwriting. So, a collective. Yeah, so... Uh, as a rule, Freddie Mercury wrote the more poppy bangers. John Deacon wrote the more emotional bangers and just songs about really fucking liking his friends. Yeah. Brian May wrote songs as though he thought it was some kind of reincarnated minstrel that travelled from town to town. And Roger Taylor wrote songs about just wanting to fuck various pieces of machinery. Yeah. But like... I've been listening through because obviously you've been on nights. We've been travelling into work separately, and you you just don't truck with Queen, do you? Um, So I've been listening to the albums like in order. Mm -hmm. And honestly, with the exception of one album, I'd say I've, I've largely enjoyed that experience. There's some album tracks on there that that deserve far more attention than the than the big tracks mm. um the fact that in their earlier albums they used to have like refrains between the tracks just like 30 second long little bits mm. as bridging tracks is is beautiful and then you get to um jazz which the only songs that are listenable on the album are the big tracks um but yeah, so it's 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 quite interesting listening to them like album by album. But there's yeah, I think I think we need to get an all one for 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 an in depth deep dive, or we need to do like a Patreon Queen show. <laughs> um, but I got into an argument in the so I went to the um, and see a friend earlier, and she was in in a pub in Beverly, and um, we got somebody mentioned right, and it's a real fucking dog whistle today someone mentioned bohemian rhapsody the film yeah <laughs> so i went on my normal rant yeah and yeah it just what a fucking pile of shit that film is <laughs> anyway you're not allowed to talk about animal uh, is that my mother no hang on what's yours what? oh was it mother no carol i'm not asking carol you're not asking <laughs> yeah um, but yeah, I think um, I've been listening to an awful lot of that, and I'd like to like seek out any of the live stuff that's available. But um, what else have I been doing? Ted have you Lasso, watched anything? Queen. I've watched some films. Yeah, I haven't been. I haven't been. I haven't gamed all actually since we spoke last, which you know probably should have done. Um, but I've watched a lot of creepy shit. What you watched? You were on nights, and <laughs> creepy shit is like my comfort stuff. So I watched Stay. The you McGregor, McGregor. Yeah, yeah, baby girl. Yeah. You know, McGregor has really short pants. He does have really short pants. Yeah. 
What a fucking creepy film, though. That's some like Jacob's Ladder shit, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. I'd completely forgotten that. <laughs> going going back into it, I thought it was just some kind of creepy stuff with a psychiatrist and some guy who wanted to kill himself. I completely forgot the whole like plot twist thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, Stay's a, a really good film. And it's not a fun watch, is what I would say. No, it's not. No, it's quite bleak. It is quite bleak. Um What's also a dark watch, but not bleak, because Rachel Weiss and Keanu Reeves is Constantine. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, rewatch Constantine. Very excited at the idea of a sequel to this, because it's, it's been flaunted at the moment, isn't it? It's, it's happening. Yeah, really keen for that. Um, but, yeah, I think just just every element of Constantine is just, just perfect, even... What's his face? Uh, the beef. Shia LaBeouf mm. is is great in this. It's like the. I mean, Shia LaBeouf's usually pretty good in stuff. It's just he, he, he's a bit of a dick. <laughs> yeah, but he's not got the dick air in this. He's just like he's quite he's just quite good and fairly humble. He's not got the Shia LaBeouf. I'm a, I'm better than everyone here kind of air. Um, I also watched Drag Me to Hell. Nice. Yeah. Always forget what a fucking bleak ending it is to this film. I, I just watched it and I'm like, oh yeah, it's a Sam Raimi film. It's about like a demon and that guy's in it and she's in it and it's oh, it's fun. And then I forget that it, it just ends up with Justin Long getting fucking, oh, I've still got this thing, this thing. And then she gets hit by a train and dragged to hell. Um, but yeah, Dragged Me to Hell is it's a really fun time for most of its runtime. Like it's. It, it, it's not comedy horror, but it's it's edging that, in it. Mm. It's it's got so many kind of absurdist moments in it that you kind of have to kind of laugh out loud at them or just like vomit into a bucket. Like the bit where the the woman's like she's lost her teeth and she's just like on on the on her chin <laughs> and it's like. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's so fucking bonkers as a movie. Um, and the last one I watched on my own was Identity um, with John Cusack um, which again is another one which is like on its face it's this kind of and was very much marketed as this kind of murder mystery Hmm. which is actually just really not that Um, and again like spoilers for however many old how many how many years old movie the bit where he fucking turns up at her peach grove at the end and sticks a fucking peach fork in her head a little kid fucking hell and and you think that she's won until like he's in the car is it what was his name i can't remember okay, I just um the 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 the, the, the malcolm whatever character um and he's sat in the back of the car and then he starts having an argument as her with the little kid character. And it's like, oh, shit. And then he kills the driver and stuff. Uh, a Pruitt-Taylor, that's it. Um, yeah, it's yeah, just, just a really good film. So basically what, what I did while you were on nights was pick out a selection of my best comfort horror movies, it would appear. Yeah. And just watch them through. That's me. Ian, what, what have you been up to this week? Uh, okay, so yeah, films for me. Um, 
So, uh, gave the menu a rewatch. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the, the menu is very, very entertaining and kind of papers over the how the fuck is any of this actually happening-ness of the plot with just how entertaining it is. Um, like, I just, it would have been good if we got a bit of a sense of why they're all sharing Ray Fiennes' ideology, like all the staff. Like, it kind of feels like a cult, but why? And, uh, you know, you don't really question it first time round, but watching it again, I was just like, wow, these people really are in for all to him. I, I think I think it literally is based around the cult of, of, of celebrity, of, of, of chefdom. The fact that people will excuse their ridiculous behaviour um, because apparently they're geniuses. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, oh, no, sure. I just, yeah, it it's a very, very silly film, but doesn't feel silly in the moment. But I, I yeah, there's just a lot of moments in it. That, anyway, uh, but I, I, I still really enjoy the menu. Um, I. Rewatched Babylon. Um, so I bought the 4K of this for some reason. Uh, well, because I wanted to watch it again and I wanted to watch it in a good presentation, like at the cinema, and it is a good presentation on the 4K disc. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm settled on my opinion now, and it's basically everything until the Who Wants to See Me Fight a Snake sequence is banging. Five out of five. I'm in heaven shit the, like and just the the scene where they're trying to shoot sound for the first time is so fucking funny <laughs> it's so funny um it, it's it's it yeah it's it's great um after that I feel like the the threads that it's got just I I, I like it I I think it just kind of loses it like like I said first time around the Brad Pitt arc, it just, you see it coming a mile off. And the it, 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 and I, I get it. He's kind of like based on, a, on, on like real, uh, real uh, silent movie stars and whatnot. Cool. I don't need like a two minute long tracking shot where it's like, okay, he's going to kill himself. Oh, he's killed himself. Cool. Well done, guys. Um, the, uh, the trumpeter, um, that there needed to be more focus on him through the film or yeah. just not have him in there at all. Yeah, I can agree on that one there. Um, uh, Margot, like Margot Robbie, I, and, and Diego Luna, I, you know, they kind of like meet up in different points of their lives. But the first couple, it's just like one night and then one day. And I, I, I don't feel that relationship is built up convincingly enough for how, you know, like Diego Carver's character kind of like how it kind of destroys him at the end there. Um, like basically, I think the last third of the film is as close to a disaster as I think Damien Chazelle has ever come. And I know you disagree there, uh, Mark, and absolutely fair play. I, I, I think the whole Tobey Maguire sequence and whatnot I get what Chazelle's going for, but it ain't fucking working and he ain't working in this film. And it certainly ain't working when this film is 
three hours and eight minutes long. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like that sequence. <laughs> That's the thing. And it's like in a shorter film or in a different film where it like, I don't know, that fits better. I think I could get that. Like I, it just, I feel like Chazelle, I mean, one of Chazelle's producers on this is his partner. Um, one of them was uh, the guy who produced La La Land. I kind of feel like, and, and another guy who produced First Man, if I remember, remember correctly, I feel like these were people who were just like, right, yeah, you do you fit your thing, we trust you. And I think it needed a stronger hand to go, no. Let's, yeah, yeah, let's maybe not do this. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I honestly, honestly, I think you could cut out Brad Pitt's character and have a film. You could, or you cut out the trumpeter and have a film. Or you severely truncate the third hour. I think you maybe lose. I think the way I would lose it, what I would lose to, to short, I do agree, I think it, it does go on, is I lose the last 20 minutes of it. And not, yeah, have, I mean, not have anything, not have the bit that's set in the 50s. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. Like her just walking off into the darkness. Yeah, you, you could have gone from that to him running around trying to find her. And then the, that, that little refrain they do at the end of the uh, back to the party. Like remembering all the shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that. Poof. Then cut. It, but it, it, instead, it's got this indulgence, and it is that, yeah. where Chazelle is doing this, here's where cinema went after. Mm. And, you know, like Manny kind of like smiling at, the at singing in the rain and i'll be honest i rate you guys know how much i i rate chazelle this felt to me like he was putting these films in this film to go i want i want babylon to be talked about in conversations about these films yeah i I can agree on that it it, it was a it's it's not a great idea, and it does no. make you go, "Ooh, you're a, you're a, you're a smarter man than this." It's it's an overreach, and I you know I think there is a part of it that comes from a sincere place of, isn't Hollywood both amazing and awful, but is also, but actually I kind of think it's amazing, and I'd like you to talk about Babylon the same way you talk about the Wizard of Oz in fifty years' time, please. Thank you. You know, and it, it, it it's it's not it's not that. Um, I I think it's absolute fucking madness that Paramount, like post COVID, gave a hundred million dollars to this film to be made. Bonkers. Yeah. Um. But like I say, and that, that that sequence I'm like the bits I'm talking about are like five star banger. That's about an hour and a half of film. Yeah, it it just the, the second half. The opening's fantastic. The, yeah, like the opening party, everything up until the uh, until the title is great. Um, 
and it, and, and it remains great because it's then a fantastic bit about like the films being shot and like Robbie's basically a star is born moment. And, um, you know, like the whole kind of like Manny getting the camera and then getting the perfect shot with the, like the butterfly landing on Brad Pitt and Spike Jones's character who's fucking ace. And then you've got the sound stuff and just the, the wonderful, like you think people will want sound in their pictures, fart noise, poop. <laughs> yeah, I think they will. Yeah, that's great. You know, and it, it, it's, I don't know, that more playful tone of the first hour and a half. But instead, it has to get darker because that's the nature of the story. But it's just like the rise is so intoxicating and so great. You don't want to see the fall. And especially when it's an hour and a fucking half. So, yeah, uh, Babylon, I, I don't think it's shit. I don't think it's shit. I think it's a seven out of ten because that fucking first hour and a half or so is pure five banger territory. But I swear to God, everything after that is like a two out of five from me. Fair. So, yeah, Babylon. Uh, okay, And then I did a couple of a couple of film and its sequels. So. Uh, I watched Wayne's World and Wayne's World 2. Um, Wayne's World is uh, great. Wayne's World 2 is better. Come at me. Um, comedy is subjective. I like the way that Wayne's World 2 is just a bit, it's just more surreal. It's a bit more fourth wall breaking throughout the film. You've got, obviously got the ending of Wayne's World where they do the multiple endings. Um, and um, like uh, fucking Kim Basinger and Dana Carvey, their scenes are incredible. Can I be frank? Sure. Can I still be Garth? Um, and uh, take me Garth where it's cold out and you don't have a jacket. Um, great. Good. Good times. Uh, yeah. Like, but I, I find... Wait, wait, they're both really charming and very innocent as well um no gay jokes um no 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 rampant sexism i mean like cassandra is like probably the strongest character in the film in terms of personality um and she gets shit done you know um bit weird that she's just marrying christopher walken at the end of wayne's world too for and it's like that escalated quickly but hey you get a good graduate homage. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wayne's World good, Wayne's World 2 better. Um, and I watched Crank and Crank 2 High Voltage. So, um, Crank is incredible. That film rules. And the thing about Crank 2 is it's Crank but Crank. even more racist and misogynist. Oh. <laughs> um, I cannot remember. I've seen them, but I cannot remember these movies at all other than, other than like, visual incidents. Yeah, so, look, Crank is basically... He's got to find someone to get this Chinese shit out of him, as they call it. Um, and he basically five star wanted levels himself in Grand Theft Auto. That's that's basically crank. Um, there's him 
forcing himself on Amy Smart in public, but they are in a relationship and she is getting off on it quite quickly. Um, and there's also, he's trying to save his life. It, it's complicated. The second one, it's them having sex in public, but like on a racetrack. And uh, there's a bit where a horse jumps over them as basically I think she's about to come and then she just looks at the horse's big dick, um, which is a choice. Um, Crank 2 also has Bai Ling uh, playing this woman who follows Chev around. Um, it is racist, but I do quite like it when she calls him my shiny lunchbox man. Um, that's, I don't know, lunchbox man. It's just the shiny lunchbox. It's great. Um, and also um, her character uh, meets her end in the film where Chev is on fire um, and believes that she's Amy Smart. And basically it's almost like he's won the game and then starts making out with her, but he just sets her alight. And she just goes run, running off screaming, just a blaze. Um, it, it, it is, I, I remember at the time people saying, like, the best video game ever made is Crank, <laughs> uh, or movie ever made is Crank. And that there's something to that. Crank 2, like, very much ups it. And there are higher highs in Crank 2, but Crank is more consistent. But Crank 2 does have Jason Statham walking up to a couple of gay guys, calls it, calling them a pair of sausage Nigels. Um, they're training their dog with a shock collar, and then he gets them to put the shock collar on him. And he's just like, yep, yeah, that's it, that's it, and then just starts barking at them. Um, and uh, it, it's great. And, it, I mean, it's a great idea for the second one instead of um, – like keeping up adrenaline he's literally just got to like charge himself up it's a wonderful fucking way of doing a sequel um and also like the only reason why they keep him alive at the start of crank 2 is so they could harvest his dick because Dave, david carradine in fucking brown face um wants to have his dick i forgot about that david carradine's like the bad guy and he's this chinese bad guy just dressed up like that um yep I'm, I'm kind of not surprised these films aren't talked about anymore yeah I, I, it, it, yeah <laughs> the thing is crank it's not exactly an innocent film but it hasn't quite got that stuff crank 2 is chock full of cancelable stuff just chock full of it it's not it it's got it's got a prostitute uh, oh no uh, sorry not a prostitute christ a stripper who's shot in the tits and then the silicon starts pouring out of her tits and they just deflate <laughs> oh fucking hell Super it's time. something it's yeah but i mean it it was <laughs> it's only 14 years ago yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you, this film would not come out now. No. Nope. And it's only fourteen years old. There you go. That's me. 
All right, um, what have I been up to? Uh, well, perhaps I'll tell the last little bit that I spoke about. Mm-hmm. Um, Can I just say, very proud of you talking about a TV show. Yeah, I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, what have I watched? I watched the movie Halls uh, with um, Shia LaBeouf, Tim Blake Nelson, Scorny Weaver, John Voight and Patricia Arquette, um, where literally, like, Shia LaBeouf's character ends up having to go like a essentially a juvenile prison because they think he's stolen some shoes off an athlete and he hasn't. He's just found them. But he ends up at this prison um, where all they do is just dig holes. Yeah. It's a bit mad, is holes. It, it, it's a bit weird. I did not enjoy my time with it. But it's way too long. It's pushing two hours long. It's one that I've always kind of been aware of, but never got around to watching. Um, I don't think you need to. It's uh-huh. fine. The the way that they play it, it being like a prison, mm. is really quite well done. Mm. I must admit, it is. And the um, like the selection of of other inmates, that's quite well done. The hierarchy of how that works. Mm. being very similar to a prison movie but it's kids that does work really quite well yeah but once the actual plot starts to unfold it, it just kind of unravels a little bit okay it's not it's no it ends up being nowhere near as interesting as it might have been mm. um i also watched um rewatched we bought a zoo um well sorry we bought a zoo Ah, my AirPods just did funny. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I rewatched We Bought a Zoom. How many times have you seen this movie? Three times, I think, now. Is it good? How many times have you bought a zoo? I, I have never watched We Bought a Zoom. It, it, it's all right. It, it's very easy to watch. I remember I was doing nights. I needed stuff that was really breezy, that would just... Hmm. That would just wash over me. Um, and We Bought a Zoo did that. Um, it, it's kind of fun. It makes you look at it. Patrick Fusion has got incredible hair in this. And you're watching <laughs> it going, I wish he did more. Mm. Um, the essentially, like, Matt Damon going through his, you know, in-between born movies, quite, you know, a little bit dad body phase. But... Everybody thinking he's so damn handsome is a little bit like, really? <laughs> really? Because even when he's Jason Bourne, he still looks like Matt Damon. Yeah. He still looks a little bit like a partially chewed toffee. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, but I, I, I quite like We Bought a Zoo. It's quite fun, family kind of filming. Um what else did I watch? We watched The Lost City. Yeah, I got really oh, nice. angry, angry with you about this, didn't I? Because I thought you would re-watch The Lost City and see which I wanted to watch as well. But no, it was this, Yeah. which I was okay with. Yeah, I, I really like The Lost City. Yeah, it's fun. It's really fun. It, it, it's Sandy B and uh, Channing Tatum doing uh, Romance in the Stone. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it's unashamed. There's only so many times you can re-watch Romance in the Stone in a year. So if this is it, but with different people, yeah, you can have it's that. It's that, and it is fun, and it is funny, and it is yeah, it's Channing Tatum doing the way that he does comedy, which is big, dumb, 
pretty boy. Um, but he's really good at it, and he's really charming with it. The only issue with that is that he's not that pretty anymore. But he is in this, <laughs> so it kind of works. Um, and then, but then you've also got like a bit of heart to it, where she basically chews him out about being, you know, just being this big, dumb, pretty boy, and that's all he is. And he's like, well, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Like my dad left us, and I needed to earn money to help my my sister out. So I came to Hollywood, came to LA, and yeah, I became a model, and I sent money back to my mum and her sister. My sister. And so everyone was like, "All oh, right, I didn't know that." It's like, yeah, because you never bothered to ask. But he doesn't like get angry with her. He just moves on from that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah, I I, 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 very much re- enjoyed my rewatch of it. He's like a Labrador of a man. Yeah. Um, we watched The Good Shepherd, the Robert De Niro um, sort of formation of the CIA movie. Oh no, he's sick of okay. With. You know, I mean, a hell of a cast. Matt Damon, Angelina Jolie, Alec Baldwin, Billy Crudup, William Hurt, Lee Pace, um, Eddie Redmayne, John Turturro, De Niro's in there as well. Joe Pesci um, is in there. It's The thing is, De Niro's made two movies. A Bronx Tale, which I think everyone will agree is a fucking banger of a movie. Mm. A great film. And this. And the thing is, this is really, it's really good. Um, but it's also two hours, 40 minutes long, and it's very dry. Mm. It's um, You are very well aware you're watching a two hour, 40 minute um, kind of bureaucratic movie mm. about the formation of the CIA told through the eyes of, 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 of an early, you know, yeah. recruit. Early recruit, yeah. Yeah, but it's very, very good. Mm. Um, but it is quite dry <laughs> so yeah if you haven't watched it it is, wor- it is worth a watch um, and it's um, Robert Richardson is a DLP on it and it, it looks fucking stunning uh, and De Niro's craft of it is really good and the acting it's fantastic but it is a little bit dry uh what else did i watch um also we watched the finest hours this is the one that you watched because you knew if you watched perfect storm i'd fucking murder yeah you. yeah yeah um <laughs> no i like weather movies i like movies set c because they're like totally watched the perfect storm tonight yeah because yes. they're like because like mini horror movies to yeah, me yeah yeah um i, I love watching how frightened you get yeah <laughs> Uh, this is this is one starring Chris Pine, Casey Affleck, Ben Foster, Eric Banner, John Ortiz, and it's Chris Pine. Yeah, best Chris, isn't best it? Best Chris. Yeah, and it's it literally is just a story about a oil tanker sinking and a coast guard who gets sent out to go and try and save it, even though everybody's saying you can't, but he still just does because it's his job, and it's it it's Who's quite. Chris Pine. Is that the best Chris? Yeah. It, it's quite sort of almost saccharine at points, but it kind of works with it. Mm. And it's, I mean, bonkers wise, it's a Disney movie. <laughs> but it's, yeah, I, I, I really quite enjoy Five Hours. It's just a really well made movie. <laughs> you know, there's no, Have you seen it before? Yeah, I've seen it before. Yeah, there's no getting away from it. It's a well acted, well directed, well written movie yeah. that is not going to. 
it's not going to perfect storm you and go, you're going to go, whoa, 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 whoa. They all died. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just, it's just very good. It's, it is very, it would be the perfect movie to watch of an Easter weekend. Fair. Uh, I would say that. Um, and I also, uh, this isn't a rewatch. This is a first time watch, uh, I think. Oh, so this is the one where you sent me three options of movies to choose from for you to watch while you're on nights, isn't it? And yeah. I chose this thinking it was a different film of the same name. Yes. Said, oh, that sounds quite interesting, actually. Watch that. And it turned out to be a completely different version. Yes, I watched Man of the House. No, not the Tommy Lee Jones Man of the House. The Jonathan Taylor Thomas off of Tim the Toolman Taylor fame. Yes, of Farrah Fawcett and Chevy Chase. Yeah. So of course it was the Chevy. Of course it was the Chevy Chase. No, no, right. However, there is a there is a weird kind of social um, aspect to why these movies got made in the nineties. Yeah. Um. So the Can movie. You try to be serious, Oliver. No, there, there, there's a genuine thing. So the movie is about um, Jonathan Thomas's character and his mum played by Farrah Fawcett. Um, and their his dad has left them to go off with another woman and so uh, he's quite close to his mother and they have this great relationship and the movie's about Chevy Chase coming in you know he's basically moving in with them because yeah, yeah. yeah and it's in the stepdad role and all he wants to do is just be a good stepdad mm. and it's not like an over-the-top slapsticky um take like that Chevy Chase would do where it's just Clark again mm. it's not that he's just a, he's a good guy who he just wants to kind of be and set that, and the kid is kind of pushing against that. Mm. Um, and so he's trying to get him to give up trying to be, what is it? So he gets a joint thing called Indian Guides, um, where like they basically, it's basically like they couldn't get licensing to use Cubs or Scouts <laughs> um, for that. Uh, but there was a lot of these movies that came out because um, at the time, this was 90s, mid 90s was when divorce was starting to become prevalent yeah. and starting to become a thing. Mm. Um, and you'd had like the idea of the evil stepmother had, mm. had happened. Um, and, and now you were trying to get of like, they were going to go, right, we need to, we need to have step parents that are okay. Yeah, that aren't dickheads. That aren't dickheads. Mm. Um, and, and so that, that was happening. And so this is actually quite a nice story about him just trying to win over this kid. Hmm. Um, oh, but also as well, he's a um, he's a, an attorney, and there are some mobsters after him as well. Of course, because yeah, of course, because <laughs> yeah. why not? I I enjoyed it. It was fine. <laughs> it's Chevy Chase doing Chevy Chase. Come on, so go two movies back a second. So what was that serious one you watched? Finest Hours of Good Shepherd. So you watched Good Shepherd and you watched this? Yeah. You're a complex man. No, you? I don't think I am. You should be more but that, that was it, that's what I watched this week. And the movie we're going to talk about, the other feature review. Are you, going to go, are, you, are you off to go based a ham? <laughs> <laughs> it's based to ham. That is not a euphemism. Literal ham. Literal ham is being basted. Right. Let's fucking go. So, eh. Uh, he's written by Alex Convoy, directed by Ben Affleck. 
stars Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Jason Bateman, Marlon Wayans, Chris Messina, Chris Tucker, uh, and Viola Davis. Um, and well, it's 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 basically just about the um, Nike managing to sign Michael Jordan and the the origin story of Air Jordans, isn't it? Ian? It is. Yeah. Um, now, I do like before we get into actually what we thought about the film is I do like the fact that a that Ben Affleck went to Michael Jordan to ask him what he thought about this idea of Michael Jordan was like yeah do it and then basically also said but you're not going to appear in it at all because I think you're too big a figure that that it will overshadow the movie is a really good idea. Yeah. What did you think to air? Um, yeah, I, it's interesting. I, I, so I watched it yesterday. I've been thinking on it a bit. I think generally, I think my thoughts are that the parts are maybe better than the whole. Um, I, I really liked it. Yeah. But it's because I liked Ben Affleck and Matt Damon together. I liked the Christmas scene. scene. Um, <laughs> you know, I... I great. Yeah, I, I liked the Matt Damon speech, which obviously didn't happen in real life the way that it does here. And then the way that Affleck puts in kind of like images of kind of like what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. Um. Th- th- those those kinds of moments, th- th- well, those moments, like I, I, I think are great. But when you when you take a kind of like a high level view of it, it is what you say. It is a Nike guy trying to convince Michael Jordan to sign for Nike. And that's about it. Yeah. You know, and I think the film tries with Bio Davis at the end with that, um, quite kind of like greed is good adjacent speech, which I get it, but it is a bit like, Hey, if you're going to be making money off of like kids wanting to spend their money, on stuff that's got my son's name on it, make sure my son gets a piece of it. Does make sense, but it is kind of weird how it's like this inspirational speech at the end that it's basically we want a cut of the profits. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's just an odd kind of like that's not an inspirational speech in films all that much, even though like what she's saying does make perfect sense. So yeah, I I like I, yeah I liked it. It's a, it's odd that it was made. It's odd that it's made, but I'm glad it was made, and I'm glad it was made by these people because yeah, that's for sure. Because they're doing it really quite well, and it's it, it's well made, it's well acted, it it it's a cracking again, Rodrigo. It's a cracking looking film. There's some great track shots. The the fucking there's. there's I think I messaged you and said there's two phone calls within it that are absolute scene stealers. The phone call at the end with Bella Davis and Matt Damon and um, the, the the Chris Messina uh, rant phone call, which just keeps fucking going. And Matt Damon is just laughing his ass off at it. And it's almost like Matt Damon is, is, is laughing just at... Like, like the bit that is coming through the phone is actually the actual speech that Christmas scene is giving. Well, no, apparently it was, though. Was like, it? Was um, it shot at yeah. the same time? 
Yeah, I was listening to an interview with Affleck, or not was it Damon? One of the two. And he was saying that it was on the same, like in the same kind of like sound stage. They just had the two, like, and they um uh the, the, like the two sets, and they were just live talking to each other, and they just had two camera crews shooting them both at the same time. That's well, that's brilliant, and I'm glad that because it because that comes across in the filming of it. Yeah. And it, it's, yeah, it it's does. brilliant. Matt Damon is just is laughing, but I don't think that that is um, that is Sonny. What's his name laughing? I think that's Matt Damon just laughing. No, I mean with Chris Messina's going on that whole thing about oh he's going to cut up his balls and put them in his <laughs> mouth and yeah, just that, there's that one bit where Messina just says something like three times in a row. It's like you think this is funny, you think this is funny, you think this is funny, and it's like because Messina literally can't think of the next line, and but it's like. <laughs> Like the cat, like the character can't think of what to actually say next, and he just gets stuck in a loop. It's fucking great. Yeah, it's so funny. And, and, and that's it. it. There's there's some great moments within it. Um, like the the, the I need you uh, I need you to make the greatest basketball shoe ever. Uh, I need it by Friday. <laughs> I think I just go in. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, I I like that guy as well. The um, just like he always been trying to make the perfect shoe, and I I like the fact that they didn't just and obviously this happened in real life, but they didn't just hide him in the basement to work on the shoe. Like he's there, like in the room with Michael Jordan and like in the room with Ben Affleck when he's doing like like geeing him up thing. Um, also. Just that random scene of Ben Affleck running in those 80s night clothes. What <laughs> wonderful, wonderful stuff. I, it, it, but like like I said, it's like all these moments. But what, what the film actually has to say is some relatively basic stuff. Yeah. But I just, I really enjoyed the journey. Well, that's it. I, but I kind of, I, I like it about that. I like the fact that... It would have been quite easy, I think, for the film to have gone along a a kind of a, a more sort of deep delve um, into sort of the the more intricacies and the the seedier and the more uh, insidious, I think, is what I'm looking for side of of, of how these athletes were recruited and courted. Uh, but it decides to not. It is literally no. It, it, it's about the how, how we come up with the idea for Air Jordans. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and the you know the, when the, the first one's like I like it, but it's a bit boring, isn't it? And then it's like, well, no, it has to be fifty-one percent white. It's like, well, why? Because they'll fine him. Well, fuck it, we'll pay the fines. It, that, that's it. The marketing thing. That, 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 that's great. The marketing idea, guy in there who's just like, we'll pay the fine. It'll be a great we'll market. You know, these shoes are so fucking controversial that these that, he, that Nike are having a pay for the fines every week. Yeah, which is fucking genius. Yeah, it's and also as well, it, I, I like the fact that that it, it's because Nike are now and part of it is because of the Air Jordans. Nike are this behemoth of a of an apparel company. You know, the the biggest sports company in the world one of the biggest clothing companies in the world uh, and they were you know they were on their ass 
Mm. You know, and the fact that they get in, you know, look, we, you know, Converse had a 51% share. And at the end, they, they, they delight in getting in. Now we own Converse. Yeah, I, I, yeah, no, absolutely. It, I don't know. I'm just thinking again, like the last time you see Matt Damon, it's just that random bit where he's trying to have a run. And it's just like, absolutely not. Absolutely yeah. fucking. And it's just like, why is that in there? And it's just like, because it's just this loosey goosey flibber majibbit of a film. It's in because at that point, at that moment, Nike are still only synonymous with making running shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, it just, I think you, you, you said in the WhatsApp, like, it's lightweight, it's quite frothy. I yep. enjoyed my time with it. I'll probably watch it again, you know, but yep. I just, I, I, I feel like it's just one that is come out in April. No one's going to be talking about it at the end of the year. Hopefully it'll quietly make some money and well done everyone involved. There yep. you go. I, it's a sort of film where you get the feeling like if somebody else might have got a hold of it at the wrong time, you might have ended up with a two hour, 35 minute, like, quite dry troll that was kind of telling off of the the industry whereas this is just like hey you know your rare jordans yeah Did you like your rare jordans yeah come with me <laughs> mm, mm. and it's that and the thing is the weird thing here is right super mario brothers did not make me want to go and play super mario like at all i did not want to go and play super mario after seeing this that movie I did, however, fancy going and getting a pair of Jordans. I won't because Jordans will make me look ridiculous. But it did make me kind of look at it and go, could I pull up a pair of Jordans? No. The answer is no, I can't. But I did think about it. In the same way as I, as I infinitely get tempted to go and buy the because I Reebok pumps have come back out. Reebok have redone Reebok pumps, and I keep getting tempted to go and buy some. I'll look fucking stupid in them, and we'll be aware that maybe on three occasions a year, and they're 150 quid. But it doesn't mean to say that I don't occasionally go and look at the page that they're on and go maybe. <laughs> nice. But yeah, um, definitely not shit. It's fun. It's good. It's breezy. And you know what? Maybe films can be fun, good and breezy every now and again. Yeah, but also be like made for adults. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. It's it's made for a very specific set amount of people. And I feel like we are very much within that wheelhouse of people. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's almost like the, genera- the generation like before us, um, that that were all obsessed with everything been about the Second World War and liked watching war movies um, or movies about the Second World War, documentaries about that. It, it, this is is our generation's version of that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, we yeah. Like I think you're right about about how Tetris was formed and how the Air Jordans came to be. <laughs> Well, Blackberry's coming out. I'm quite looking forward to that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And I'm quite looking forward to that as well. That's funny. Like the history of things that we remember, but we weren't around when they happened. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely not shit, man. Yeah. D- definitely not shit. Um, 
Paul was definitely shit 82 percent uh and touching cloth 18 percent so it's being well received mm. and for a movie that they were just going to put out on streaming at one point uh it's doing all right apparently yeah 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 it's gone uh, above uh, projections in the us this weekend it's gonna have trouble making a profit because it costs 90 million dollars um but you know it, it, it's not going to be a money loser and then it's going to be very it's going to be that much more attractive for amazon when they're able to put it on prime so yeah there you go yeah so i i look forward to uh, stumbling upon it on prime in about a year's time when eventually you can find it on their absolute fucking shit show of a platform when you search grandma's boy and that's yeah. the first result yeah yeah, I, I don't think we've covered enough actually how bad Prime has got since the update they did. It, it, it's virtually impossible to use. No, I don't think, I I swear I've used it. I don't think I've noticed any difference to it myself, yeah. but oh uh, shit, okay. Yeah, there's been an update on the other TV app that I've got. There's been an update on it and it's honestly, it is virtually impossible to find things. <laughs> I, I I was going to rewatch uh, No Time to Die um, the other day, and, and mm. I I was typing for it and it wasn't coming up. That I, and I got that pissed off that I just decided to not. Oh shit! Okay. Uh, mm. I think Bex is still struggling with ham, <laughs> so we might have lost Bex again. Okay. Uh, right, we have got a question. Um, from Ricky, um, saying, watched a couple of interesting documentary films lately. Do you have any favourite documentary films? Huh. I haven't watched a, I haven't watched a documentary in fucking forever. I mean, the most impactful for me would be Dear Zachary, which I would recommend people both watch and never watch. Yeah, Bex would probably say that if she was up here. She's a big fan of that, but I will never, ever watch it just because I don't want to. <laughs> like that, that film's just the most absurdly fucking heartbreaking thing uh staggering yeah thing. and i just yeah. I, I don't think i need that um <laughs> uh, once for me um what was that one? Oh fuck what was the one about the financial crash that matt damon narrated oh fuck what was it called Well, Easy Riders Raging Bulls is a good one. Um, mm. I really enjoyed that documentary. I, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that book. I've read that several times. Um, I, I find it's good to re to, to, to reread Easy Riders Raging Bulls every kind of like seven or eight years because you get to know more. I, I, when I first read it, I, I'd seen like maybe like a tenth of the movies that it was referencing. And then when I read it the next time, it was more, then the next time it's more, and it's more, and it's more. And it, it, it's kind of like you're going on a journey with it as well. Um, I'm trying to find what that documentary was. What the fuck was it? Uh, financial crash documentary. Inside job, that was it. Okay. Yeah, did you ever see that? No, I don't think I did. Inside Jobs. What you were talking about, but you said that, and it was like I don't think I do. Yeah, Inside Jobs really good. Um, it's about kind of the 
um, like, how did it happen? How did how did it come to happen? The financial crash, um, and it sort of traced it back to you know the deregulation of banks um, and insurance policies and bits like that, and how it, it like like how certain people must have known what was going on, and how people were just so consumed by greed and making money at that point that they didn't care. Uh, so that was really interesting. Um, so yeah, I'd say those two are the ones that kind of stick to mind. Okay. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so next week it's Renfield, isn't it? It is. Looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I am, am, and still going. I just, it just looks a bit. It looks weird. It looks like a movie that that that, that maybe people think doesn't get made anymore. But it clearly does because there's a lot of them coming out. I'm glad it's like 90 minutes. Yeah, it's like 93 minutes or something, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I'm pretty up for it. I'm a little worried that it seems like there's no advance word whatsoever yet. But yeah, know, I, hey. I will be happy if it's a fun seven out of ten. Yeah, that'll do. That's what I want out of this movie. Yeah, that'll do. Right. Well. Thank you very much, uh, listeners. Thank you very much, Ian. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you very much, listeners. And thank you, Mark. And thank you very much, Becky, although you're not there. You're downstairs um, making dinner, I think. <laughs> I hope, because I'm fucking eating yet today. It's one of stupid diets. I'm going to hold it. Good. I hated it. <laughs> I've got a week left, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a week, a week you're left. You're going to be fine. Of, of dieting and then I'm gonna fucking gonna be honest he's gonna make the fucking ball of Rome <laughs> solid <laughs> right well thank you very much and we shall speak to you next week goodbye bye bye